Welcome to Humidity Matters. This is a podcast created by and produced by Visala, the global leader in humidity measurement. The purpose of this podcast is to help you make a better measurement. And by better, we mean more accurate and more reliable. Because when you make a more accurate and reliable measurement, you're going to be more efficient and you're going to get a higher quality output. Because humidity measurement really does matter. I'm Bruce McDuffie, your host, and I've been in the humidity measurement business for about 12 years. I've taught humidity seminars and webinars around the globe, helping people just like you make a better measurement. My co-host is Steve Santoro. Steve is a 35-year veteran of humidity measurement, and he's seen it all, or most of it, out there in the real world, in the industrial processes, especially in different challenging measurement applications. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I think uh, today we were thinking about talking about the history of hygrometers. Looking forward to some of those discussions. Yeah, hygrometers go way back. Um, and we are going to talk about some of the evolution and history of hygrometers. And so far in our podcast, we talked about uh, relative humidity and we talked about dew point, which are probably the two most common parameters out there that uh, at least in industrial applications. And the device that measures water vapor, which of course is relative humidity and dew point, that device is commonly called a hygrometer. So today we're going to have a little bit of a dive into the history of hygrometers and um, help folks understand how it all happens. So Steve, there's many, many different types of technology to measure water vapor, hygrometers, if you will. And how about if we go ahead and, and do it this way? So I'll list them and add a little history, and then I'll ask you, how does that work? And we'll kind of have some back and forth about the history of it. Sure. Sounds good to me, Bruce. Let's get going. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. The earliest known hygrometer is uh, probably back in the 15th century. And I believe it was Nicholas de Cusa invented it, um, or came up with the idea at least. And it was where... You take some wool, I guess you go out and find a sheep and get some wool, and you use that to measure relative humidity. How did that work? Yeah, um, basically a ball of wool or a large amount of wool was attached to a scale, and the other half of that scale would be uh, using various known weights um, be set up to balance the scale with the ball of wool and the observations uh, back in the day were basically is the more uh, humid the air got, the heavier the ball of wool became, the more weight you would have to put on the balance to balance it out and vice versa as the uh, wool became lighter, uh, the scale would move in the other direction and the correlations were starting to be made that you could relate that to the amount of moisture in the air. So it was like the, if you picture the scales of justice, <laughs> that, that type of balanced scale. And so you could get a relative idea based on, could be anything, just stones or any type of weight. Um, right. It wasn't a specific weight per se, just the yeah. relationship as the uh, scale would move uh, and the observations were starting to be charted with the humidity in the air. Got it. Got it. Well, that's an interesting one. Maybe someday if we can find a sheep or something, we can test that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then a little later in the 15th century, Leonardo da Vinci mentions it, and uh, he makes a diagram of it and includes it in the Codex Atlanticus. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Codex Atlanticus, excuse me, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'm really not sure what it is. Can you well, me? yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, the Codex Atlanticus is it's a twelve-volume set of drawings that Leonardo da Vinci maintained and created when he was inventing things. It's got drawings of this scale that measures relative humidity, and then he's also got drawings of things like parachutes, different war machines, and hydraulic pumps, and all kinds of things that he invented or had a concept of in his head. It's actually pretty fascinating. You can. Of course, you can find it if you, you go to Amazon. I'm sure there's copies of it uh, on there. Then, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, no, no, that, that, now that sounds familiar. Thanks. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Little next, no extra cost for that one, folks. <laughs> then in the 17th century, around mid-century, there was the first, uh, it was called a strain-type hygrometer, was invented. Uh, tell us about that one. Yeah, actually, there was a... Gentleman by the name of uh, Santorini uh, Santori, who invented. Hold, the hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. So your name, Steve Santoro, and his last name was Santori. So that's what, correct. Relationship there. I mean, is it coincidence? You're both in the humidity business. Well, I do know uh, all four of my grandparents were born in Italy, so it's okay. possible that he could be a distant relative, and it may have something to do with the destiny of how I ended up spending the last 35 years in humidity measurement. So maybe this was predetermined and I just uh, was not aware of it, but did come across this name and uh, thought it was a little unique uh, and a bit of coincidence, maybe. Well, that's an interesting. Anyways, so uh, your long lost cousin here, Santori, he invents this uh, another way to measure relative humidity. Tell us about that. Yeah, so his advanced a little bit more. Uh, he basically took a weight and hung it off of a string. And basically, as the relative humidity is changing, the length of the string is indicating that change in relative humidity as that string hmm. is, is stretching and then contracting as the uh, humidity in the air changes. Okay, so like a lyre. So he went out and found a, a lyre, which is sort of like a fiddle plucked a string off there and hung a weight on it. Hmm. Correct. Interesting. Some other notable inventions that we can discuss. In 1783, the first hair hygrometer was invented. This is where somebody figured out, if, similar to a lyre string, but using hair, it'll change length depending on how much relative humidity is in the air. So if horse hair works exceptionally well, and sometimes if you have a daughter or maybe a son with long hair, you can clip some off and you could make your own hair hygrometer today. Um, and then the psychrometer was invented. Maybe you could clarify, Steve, is psychrometer the same as a hygrometer or how does that work? Uh, I think in, we're using hygrometer as a generalization of different methods for trying to measure humidity or moisture yeah, in the yeah, air. We are. Uh, so We've talked about a few of the early ones, and then a psychrometer uh, is still getting us to that type of uh, value. But it works on the idea of having uh, two thermometers. So one measuring the uh, ambient temperature in the air, and the other thermometer would have a sock or a piece of material over the end of the thermometer. And by keeping that moist or wet, and then this 
two thermometers would either be physically swung around so that air is moving over the two thermometers, or you may even have something like a fan blowing air over them. And due to evaporative cooling, the, the wet sock or the would give you a lower temperature or wet bulb temperature as it's been called. And then the conventional standard thermometer telling you the dry bulb temperature or the temperature of the air. And by using calculations or the psychometric chart, you could look up the wet bulb temperature, dry bulb temperature, and then from that calculate, look up what the corresponding relative humidity would be at that point. So the difference between the two temperatures can be correlated to the relative humidity. Correct. Interesting. I know I find my understanding is correct. There's many, many different ways to achieve that. One, as you mentioned, is the sling psychrometer, where you actually sling it around above your head usually, so you don't hit anybody. <laughs> and uh, then there's types with fans that pull air across it, and there's many, many different ways. It's actually fairly accurate, I would say, way to measure relative humidity. Yeah, this one lasted for a fair amount of time, became a, a standard device to use as a portable, as a reference, as a tool to use. And depending on how precise uh, the thermometers were and the way it was put together, you could actually make a pretty good measurement. But it was very uh, uh, susceptible. So each thermometer has its own inaccuracy. This sock mm -hmm. could be new or as it gets old and gets frayed, it would have an impact. The water being used, depending upon deposits it have, could also have an impact. So cumulatively, there could be a lot of errors that could add up to a large error. But if properly done with a lot of a care and precision uh, for a long stretch of uh, this historical time we're looking at, this became a, a fairly reliable way to uh, come up with uh, repeatable relative humidity measurements. I see. I see. Well, it sounds like a good way to do it. And, and in the future, folks, we'll have an episode on the podcast, the pros and cons of different types of technology. And certainly the psychrometer will be in there. So for now, let's just say a psychrometer is a so let's say it's a subcategory of hygrometers, and we'll leave it at that. One of my favorite technologies, just because I think it's so interesting, is is measuring relative humidity with gold beater's skin. Uh, Bruce, I'm not familiar with that one uh, <laughs> and that peculiar name. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about that one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's interesting. It's what gold beater's skin um, is. It's it's the lining of usually a cow's intestine so you would take this lining of the intestine and you would dry it out and it was used back in the greek times i believe for you would take a piece of gold beater skin put some gold on it and then you put the intestine on the top and then you take a hammer and you can pound that gold out so it's a very very fine leaf and that's why it's called gold beater skin but really what it is, it's the intest the um in the lining of the intestine. And when it dries, it's very resilient and it's very um resists tearing. And people figured out that this also changes the uh the properties or the physical properties of the skin changes with relative humidity, and you can actually measure it with that. I actually have a gold beater skin hygrometer in my in my storage of hygrometers, Steve. Well, uh, I appreciate you telling a little bit about where it came from and what it takes to make one, but I'm now even happier than ever that some newer technology has been developed <laughs> that, that we don't have to use that anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be tricky. And speaking of that, so then about 50 years ago, uh, something happened in 1973 that just changed the world. Or not to put make it too big of a deal, but it changed the world with measuring humidity. And what was that, Steve? Yeah, well, uh, so our company, Vaisala, uh, 50 years ago this year, did invent the first solid state relative humidity sensor. So uh, it's called and referred to as a Humicap because it is a capacitive-based humidity measurement. And uh, the way this works is uh, you would start with a uh, substance could be uh, a glass material and then start to form layers on top of that and the first layer would be a lower metal electrode and then a polymer film on top of that that is hygroscopic that will absorb water vapor and then on top of that is another electrode a top electrode that's porous and it allows the water vapor to pass from the atmosphere through the upper electrode into the polymer film and then what happens is by measuring the capacitance change between the upper and lower electrode, that is a direct relationship with the relative humidity in the air. And this polymer film uh, will absorb moisture uh, when it is drier than the air around it. And when the air around it is drier than the polymer, the moisture will then transfer from the polymer back into atmosphere. So the sensor is constantly either absorbing or absorbing, excuse me, absorbing or desorbing the moisture uh, in the air. So this thing is constantly reading the correct relative humidity. And uh, it's been, although 50 year old technology, these polymers, the metal electrodes, the process of putting it together, the clean rooms they're built in have continued to evolve to make the sensor more stable, more chemically resistant operate over ranges as low as minus 70 up to 180 degrees C and can measure the full scale of zero to 100% relative humidity. But now with a solid state sensing technology, it, it can do more than just measure the humidity in ambient air where some of these other products have been limited. You can now start to put the sensor into processes and into a variety of conditions where many of these other technologies or none of these could ever be used or installed with any ability to get it in the process and with any type of uh, repeatability. So so as of 50 years ago, we don't have to go out and clip horse hair or find intestine linings for any Or share of the sheep for some wool, exactly. <laughs> or get the wool. So that made life a lot easier, especially for industrial companies or manufacturing companies. Well, that's good to hear. That was our that's our pitch for Vaisala on this one. <laughs> I don't know if I'll put that in. <laughs> so that's a brief history of the hygrometer, folks. In future episodes, we'll be talking about, as I mentioned, pros and cons of different technology and how to choose the right technology for your particular application. Well, that was an interesting discussion, Steve, and uh, we'll look forward to our next one and uh, you sharing your knowledge and experience around measuring humidity. Well, Bruce, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it as well. Look forward to the next one. And speaking of our next episode, we're going to go back to a little bit of theory on measuring water vapor or humidity. And next, on the next episode, we'll talk about Dalton's Law of Partial Pressures. And we'll learn how saturation vapor pressure is a fundamental measurement to any technology to determine different levels of water vapor in the air. 
So remember, folks, when it comes to product quality and process efficiency, humidity measurement does matter.